The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 108 of the MX Vice Show podcast, coming to you after the 2022 MXGP season has wrapped up, the MXGP of Turkai is in the books, and so is the 2022 FIM Motocross World Championship. What a year! It really ramped up towards the end. Obviously, the MX2 finale was incredible, historic, and all we can do is pray and hope for action like that every single season. I'm your host, Lewis Phillips, and of course, on this episode of the MX5 Show, we are going to break all of that down, plus more. There's been silly season news this week, championship news this week. We have calendar rumours. There is there's a lot to talk about, as you would expect after such a titanic race. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, and Asterix Knee Braces for their support of the MX Vice Show. Coming up, we of course have Liat, Ask Vice Anything, and the Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week. But before we get to all of that and all of the action that was, I'd like to remind you that Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS and a 12k carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, that's AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe and know the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the the Fly Racing Formula helmet has changed the game. Right, like I say, a lot to talk about. I'm your host, Lewis Phillips, and with me is a man who made his heroic, I guess, return to MXGP for the first time since March. It's James Burfield. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. Uh, Still tired, funny enough. Um, uh, I forgot, actually, you know, you have a a four and five month break. And then you actually remember about how tiring it actually is. I got back from, uh, I think, about uh, one o'clock in the morning. Um, literally got to sleep about quarter to four and then was back up at half seven for um day's work. So, um, yeah, the struggle is real at the moment. All you did is one race. Maybe, maybe, maybe now you can tip your hat to the rest of us that did a full season a little Absolutely, more. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Instead of I'm, criticizing, maybe you can... I can have to uh, up my game for next year. Or just tip your hat to everyone who's done a full season this year. Sure, sure. I, I, I welcome that. I mean, you didn't mm-hmm. do it, but thank you. Um, well done, you're not... completing another season. Thank you. Um, normally, we um, start with MXGP, but let's throw out the rule book because we have to talk about MX2 first. Um, in the end, Tom Vial won the MX2 championship. Not a surprise. Um, I think everyone 
picked him to win heading into the race and expected him to come out on top all being well. He had a good track record at Turkey. He had the momentum and few people were confident in Gertz's ability to hold it together. Um, all of those things came true. However, it was closer than I thought. Gertz really impressed me. He rode incredibly well, really stepped up, I feel. Those stereotypical mistakes were still in there. They were still in play. But um, Viao is your champion, but I think Gertz can kind of sit back and be proud of what he did. Oh, Although I... it obviously sucks big time and it's obviously the worst thing ever. I think he can be proud of what he did. Do you know what? <laughs> Let's just say if he hadn't have followed him into that corner and being so close, then um, when Vial went down and if he had space or he'd gone outside, which is, you know, we've, 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 we've talked about, you know, previously on the show about following the rider into, you know, or trying to find new lines. If he hadn't have followed um, Vial into that corner and got tangled up, maybe, just maybe, things would be a little bit, a little bit different. He, yep, he probably would have gone one, Vial two. Um but that would have given the momentum into the second race and all, things would have been different. Uh, that happened in the second race. Was it a second race? Sorry. Yes. yes. The second race. Maybe you should stay home from races. Maybe you see yeah. it all there. That's how tired I am. But um, no, but that like an incident like that, that that's the kind of incidents what we're talking about where it, it you know, it could completely change that the outcome of, of, of the whole, you know, year. Just the that. question, the question that will never be answered and it's, you can go round and round forever. Um, Gertz and Vial did crash together in that second race. Uh, Vial fell first, so technically it was his fault and his mistake. Mm. But Gertz did crash alone after that. So the ultimate question that we'll never get an answer to is, would he have crashed by himself anyway? Or was that just a result of him playing catch-up? Because if he would have crashed by himself anyway, um, there's a chance that that would have actually cancelled out Vial's mistake and Vial would have won it anyway. But like I say, we'll never know exactly what the reason was for that crash so yeah. one of life's great unanswered unanswerable questions yeah what happened happened but uh, i just think yeah it's so close at the end of the day it's, it's four points five points there, there's plenty of opportunities through the year where he's going to look back and say five points you know and and that's what's going to grind on him now he's going to have to wipe that which is going to be so hard going into next year and trying to win this title. But the problem is, is what, like what we've seen, the riders that are just behind him. I mean, those guys were a cut above um, the rest of the field the weekend. However, when you look at what you've got coming next year, it's going to be very, very hard. It's not It's not going to be a case of, oh, he's your 2023 20, world champion. I, don't I, think uh, I, I think I um, asked someone this question on Sunday, or I'd text someone. I definitely have said this before, but... The big question now, I think, is whether this will actually make it harder for Gertz to win the championship next year because he will be thinking to himself, I can't screw this up again. I can't screw this up again. And that will actually have a negative impact versus, or alternatively, it could have a positive impact. And maybe he comes into the season super focused, super ready and ready to wrong the rights. Again, I don't know how which way that will go, but I think this... The ending of this season will definitely have an impact on Gertz in the future, whether that's positive or negative. Yeah, I um, and 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 I don't know Gertz's mental state. I don't know, you know, how he's coming back, you know, or, or what is capability of coming back from this because that is going to it's going to take a few weeks. That is a bitter pill to swallow. Um, 
you know, losing the championship by four points. And, and basically, if he went 1-1, the, the, the champion. But there again, the, the, the damage was done previously to, to that. So the problem, the problem what I see is, is that you've got, you've got Lackenfelder and you've got Benestan and you've got De Wolf and you've got Van Moosdijk. You've got Adamo, you've got Everts. It just goes on that, that you've got this influx of riders which are now going to be on his heels. And they're going to be looking at this, saying that championship's mine next year. I um yeah, but you, but it's a good point. But obviously, um, I heard someone at Yamaha say this is the unluckiest way ever to lose a title. But Gertz put himself in this position because he should have had a comfortable lead um, heading into Turkey, Turkey. Um, because it is after Turkey. the first it's motor, not Turkey. No, they changed the name of the country, didn't they? It's still going to be Turkey. I'm pretty sure it's now pronounced Turkey. Okay, good luck with that one. Um, you, you keep selling that for the government. No, I, I'm not lying. No, no, it's great. I, I just mean that. You, 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 you crack on. Okay, thank you for that. No um, worries. And I've forgotten what I was saying. So, uh, the damage was done before Turkey because Gert should have really. I think after Finland Moto One, so there would have been five motos to go at that point. Gertz did have a 26 point lead. So, um, really, he never should have been in a position where Vial was within striking distance at. Uh, Turkey in Turkey because he could have he could have just rode it on in in second third in uh, Finland Moto Two France Moto One in Turkey and then it effectively would have been a very um, low key finale because we would have known that Gertz had a grip on this thing but outside of Turkey his mistakes in France cost him extremely uh, really really did him in so. Um, yeah, I'm sure people around Gertz are saying, oh, look, you came so close. He crashed in front of you. Don't beat yourself up. But the flip side to that is also you can say, um, well, you need to get your mistakes under control. I'm, st- I'm still like, where are you going on holiday this year? Oh, I'm going to Turkai. Where's that? Is that kind of north of Turkey? Like a, the posh part? Yes, Turkai is the new place to go. Okay, brilliant. Um they changed the name of the country because Turkey has negative uh, things, I guess, in sports or something. Let me tell you negative. Pulling me over for a speeding offence with a gun. That is ridiculous. Jesus Christ. Why do traffic cops need guns in Turkey? Come on! 123 kilometres I was doing in 110. You need to let that shit go. There's dead dogs in the road. There's, there's, there's dogs running around everywhere. There's people picking potatoes. Why even just 13 kilometers, people? 13! Turkai! Sorry. One reason is the number of negative connotations of the existing word turkey. Outside of the country, the other most famous turkey is the bird. And exactly! This is an, and this is, an associ- this is an association that the government really doesn't like. According to Selim Koru... Um, it's not a surprise given the government's sensitivity to how the country is perceived and fondness for nationalist rhetoric. Whatever that means. Yeah, they're just pissed because... Turkey is also a word meaning something that fails badly or a stupid or silly person. Bloody hell. What, look, tell what, you where, what did they, where did they get fat from? Like a preschool. I've never Speeding. heard anyone insult someone by going, oh, you're such a turkey. I, um, I, I just want to say that if the police had done their job in rounding up all the stray dogs which are running across the road, they should focus on that and not on my speeding. I should have been awarded for being able to go at that speed and miss dogs. There is actually um, 
I, I think I've been saying it wrong. I don't think it is Turkai. I believe you're you're correct. It is not Turkai because no one's going to go. Oh, I'm going on holiday to Turkai. Hold on, hold on. Um, I think. Let's see here. Oh, are you getting a pronunciation? Oh. Yeah, but it's a it's a lot. It's too long a YouTube video. Is it is it kind of like um? Is it pronounced Turkey? It's Turkey somehow. <laughs> oh my god. Is that like Kanye? Is like Kanye's gone to the uh, gone to Turkey and said, "Do you know what you should do with this?" No one's going to come to Turkey. No one, apart from the millions and millions and millions of tourists each year from England because it's so cheap. But apart from that, what you need to do is you need to rebrand this, and we're going to call it Turkey or just Yay, just Turkey, Yay. Apparently, yeah, um, just Yay. We just call it Yay from now on. So the GP of Yay. I'm not really sure how that works because um, that's not how it's spelt, but. Never mind. Um, yes, uh, you've made me lose my train of thought again. Um, ah. I will say this though. I will say this. You can you can also um, beat on Gertz for all of his mistakes, everything that he did wrong this year. But from Latvia, which was the beginning of May or maybe even the end of April, um, he has gone one 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 two one two nine two 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 five three one two one two one. One seven three seven two two. So like it's been a very good season. Um, it's been a very good season, and actually, it speaks to the level that these riders are on that they ended the championship with seven hundred and fifty eight and seven hundred and fifty four points apiece. Because when we had something similar last year with the same number of rounds, Hurlings and Fevra ended with seven oh eight and seven oh three apiece. So. Yeah. Um, that speaks to just how consistent and on the marks these two riders were um, the whole way to the end. The the interesting thing for me is if if Tom Vial goes to America and absolutely smashes it, then you've got to look at Gertz who was saying basically he is one guy who who could beat Vial on, on his day. So that gives an idea of, of you know if 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 Vial goes to America and 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 has the speed of Jet Lawrence and and you know takes off then Gertz has got to look at that and say well I can be that guy I I don't understand no I'm just saying like you know at the moment he's probably sort of led at home crying in his pillow because he's obviously lost a championship everybody would be and you got to look at the positives but Gertz just came within four points of winning exactly the world championship I don't think he's questioning whether he's fast Nice. He probably is. He's probably doubting everything. Right I don't now. think he's going to go see VL go to America. Um, he's not going to battle with Jet Lawrence because Jet Lawrence is doing four fifties outdoors next year. You don't but know. You don't know. I can't see him. I can't see VL going to America battling with Hunter Lawrence. Say, and then Gertz is going to go. Well, fuck me. I thought I was shit, but actually, maybe we were actually half good last year. Yeah, uh, that's exactly. You know, you've always got to look at the the the, the you know the good things. Just get positive. Just think it could be worse. You know? Hmm. Um, mindset, Lewis. Mindset. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, did the right man win? Um, yeah, because another thing you can throw into the mix is Vial did have a bike problem this year. So that did cost him 25 points out of his control. So um, on the flip side, you can also say Vial never should have been in that position, but it was also something out of his control. Obviously, he also didn't score points in Mantova Moto 2, was it? Or Moto 1? When he flipped through the air spectacularly. Um because um, he got back to 21st, so just missed out on a point. So technically, he left 50 points on the table uh, across the 2022 season. Whereas Gertz um, only didn't score in one moto, the Trentino race, where he crashed out. 
So, um, yeah, just another little fact. I, I think the best man won over the course of the season, but it was very close in Turkey or Turkey or Turkey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's four points. It's fuck all. Um, yeah, good job to Tom Vial. And congrats to KTM because they needed that. Um, they really needed that. Obviously, that's their only major motocross title this year. Um, their only representative in the MXGP series, and he excelled and got the job done. So there would have been pressure on Vial from that point of view as well. Although his first year with Red Bull KTM in 2019, he was alone under that side of the awning as well because Hurlings was injured that year. So, um, yeah, just uh, that's a that's a clutch championship for um, KTM. They needed that. They they really needed that. And they maintained their dominance in the MX2 class. So that's good as well. Yeah, that's important. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, most like was third overall, and that's been coming. Um, I feel like I've been saying this since he came back in Lommel. He's been consistently very, very good. He had his first podium of his career in Turkai in 2019. Um, and he hadn't actually stood on the podium since Lommel 2020. So it had almost been um, two full years. Uh, I believe Lommel 2020 was run in October. So he was two months shy of two years since the last time he collected a trophy. So that's important for him to get that monkey off his back because I'm sure he was having, well, he would have, he had two serious injuries. So um, he would have had some doubts and some uh, negative thoughts creep into his mind. So for him to get that trophy is a valuable boost heading into the off season and 2023, which will be his final year in MX2 and a season where he'll obviously be shooting for so much more um, championship wise. Well, this is a guy who's kind of won the MX250 championship and then just been blighted with injuries. So the fact that he might win the MX250 championship and is potentially going to go MXGP without winning an MX2 championship is crazy because he has the capability of doing that. It's It, it meant a lot to him the weekend. You've seen by his celebrations that he's been through quite a traumatic period. I've got to pull you up on something there. Why? You said it would be crazy that he's an EMX250 champion and he may leave MX2 without an MX2 championship. Yeah. Not every EMX250 champion wins MX2. I'm not saying they do, but he's had a taste of winning championships. Okay. Moving on. Uh, and a lot of people who've won MX, uh, EMX250 championships and EMX125 have gone on to do very good things. Um, Kaido Wolf's fourth overall may not look like much on paper, um, but based on how he struggled at St. John with the hard pack, I was very, very, very impressed with the way that he rebounded and also kind of proved his stuff. Um, and he was very, was very much in the mix in that first moto with Gertz and Vial. He could have very easily robbed Gertz of two extra points. Um, he nearly did. It was, so, it was close. Yeah, full road rule doesn't seem like much for a rider who is obviously very capable and a great talent, but that is an extremely positive fourth overall, I feel. Um, and fifth was Simon Lagenfelder, who I still believe in greatly for the future. Um, very interested to see what Simon does next year. But most uh, important thing to remember is he was 10th in the MX2 Championship last year and had never finished in the top five. And now he's a GP winner, finished third in the championship comfortably. And yeah, just generally had a great season. I'm sure... Obviously, he did go 1-1 at Matterley, and he never won a moto again. So I'm sure that maybe eats at him a little bit, because obviously you get a taste for something. You want to do it again. And yep. he obviously was capable of doing it. He went 1-1 at Matterley. Um, so maybe slightly surprising that that was a little flash in the pan. But hey, 
um, still a massive, massive, massive step forward this year and a talent of the future for sure. Yeah, and he had plenty of you know he had plenty of great results, you know, seconds, thirds, podiums to to back that up, that win at the start of the season, you know, and and quite rightly he's third in the championship. So he he is going to be for me he he's going to be the number one guy to beat next year if he has a good off season. It, it, him, Benestant and Gertz, I think, are going to be the ones which everybody's going to be expecting to come out fast. You have to put the wolf in that group. Yeah, but if it's a sand track to start off with, one million percent. But if it's a if it's a hard pat track, then um, then that's where it'd probably play a little bit against him. But he just almost beat Gertz in Moto One in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, that's just my opinion, Lewis. Um, my opinion. I think we're done with MX2. Uh, I can't see anything really that jumps off a page. Hogmo, worth mentioning that he had an amazing season. Uh, fourth overall from nowhere, really. Um, FNH and Mark DeRuva worked wonders with him. Again, like Lagenfelder, um, he was so good all year that maybe surprising that he only had one podium. Um, feels like he was fourth and fifth a lot. So that's maybe a bit of a surprise. I'm sure he would have expected more after he got that one podium in Latvia. But nonetheless, um, a very a very uh, successful season. And again, like most Dyke, he is heading into his final year in MX2 with much um, heftier expectations, I would say. Yeah, 100%. The, um, the other riders, which it's just nice for them to get a full season under the belt, is it was great to see Harrop in his seventh position in a championship because obviously the last few years have been what they have been. And uh, I think he's, he's found a really good home at Dixon. I think he, he seems to be a way better rider this year Seems to have a, a good team around him. Um, and, and again, it'd be interesting to see what he can do. Do you agree? I wonder how um I wonder how many years he's got left. I'm kind of thinking that maybe was it maybe last year? I thought he was twenty one. I think he's twenty one, yeah. So I'd yeah. imagine he's got two more years. Because I'd imagine yeah. he'll turn twenty two in the middle of next year. I did ask him this in Lommel, but I can't remember what he said. I think he might have even said that he's got two years left, but his he would like to go 450 after next year anyway. Yeah, that he's a big a kid. Big kid. Um, and yeah, like he was a rider who um, struggled with injuries uh, a lot in his younger MX2 days, but he um, turned up at every round last year and every round this year. So that is now good, always good to see a rider who turns it around in the consistency stakes. Yeah, it, it changes the perception as well of the fans in the industry. If if you've got a rider who's there and there is there every week, you know it makes a hell of a difference when you're investing in somebody. Uh, MXGP wise, Tim Geiser won the overall with a three two, tied with Jeremy Sewer, who went two three. Um, obviously rare um, to win an overall with a three two. Uh, but your moto winners, Fevre and Renault, went one eight and eight one, so that effectively ruled them out of contention. Um, Guys are entered the season with an overall win, which is great. However, still um, not reminiscent of just how dominant he was at the start of the season. Still, like, makes you wonder if the others have closed the gap or guys is just playing it safe to round out the season. Uh, playing it safe all day long. I think if it, if if that if, if he needed to win that to win a championship, he would have. Um, I just think he's doing what he he, he just done that latter part of the year. What was a sensible thing to do and what, what he should have done. It's not a pride thing. You've won the world championship. Keep yourself healthy. It's a long old year. I, 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 my admiration for him is gone up way more since doing that because that's just sensible. He's doing what he needs to do to win championships. And, and I still think he's such 
an underrated champion because people he does, he hasn't got he's won so many now across both classes and I still don't think he gets the the recognition what he deserves like compared to other athletes so for me you know he he's going to be there or thereabouts next year I think it's going to be I I think the MXGP championship you know we could potentially see um what happened last year next year so I think there's four or five riders there which have the capability of, of winning that championship next year. And I think I think we're in for another good one. I just feel everybody's at the right place now that there's just going to be a few points separating them. News you- this morning that um, Geyser has signed. I mean, it was known widely, and I'm sure we talked about it. But it's now official that Geyser has actually signed a multi-year deal with HRC. Um, HRC never specify how many years. They'll just say multi-year. I would presume it's two to three. Um, he's still only 25, so he's got a long way to go, you would think, in the sport. Yeah. Although I wonder... I can't see Geyser being a guy to retire early for some reason. No, and I agree. And and the reason why I believe that is because the guy is super humble. Um, like, I heard a story the other day where it was literally... He was sat at a, at a track, um, literally eight o'clock at night, just having his tea, sat on his own by his camper... And a little kid of his dad sort of walked over. No, everybody's gone home. A little kid walked over and kind of said, oh, can I have an autograph? He literally just put down his knife and fork, walked over, uh, had a photo, chatted to the kid, and then went back and ate his food. Well, I'd imagine his food got cold. What a stupid but, move. But, do, do you know, that, that that's class. And, and he's still doing it because he loves it. And that's what happens when you're from humble beginnings because it's like you don't take this stuff for granted. And And, and I think he's going to be there for a long, long time because I think he genuinely loves riding and I think he genuinely loves racing and I think he genuinely loves um, the admiration he's got from the fans. Crucially, uh, as far as extending his career, he's not had injuries, um, which is surprising because we obviously we all know Geyser's previous history, not so much now, but previous history with uh, crashing hard. Um, but yeah, he's not really had any injuries since 20... 20- well, he broke his collarbone last year, but that's minor, obviously. That's not going to, like, that's yeah. quite a little like simple injury. Finger, yeah. um, apart from that, all I can think of is 2017. 2018, he broke his jaw, didn't he, and missed one round. Um, and then 2017, he had a shoulder injury. So the shoulder injury was obviously significant. But, um, yeah, he has, he has not missed a race since round one of 2018, if as far as I can make out in my mind. Yeah. Uh, it, it, again... It's, it's, we we all we, we we joked on previous podcasts about his like you know Banks back ability where he has this ability to literally just hit the floor, get back up again, and go. It just has a unique way of not getting injured. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm interested to like I'm of the belief that you only get away with things for so long. Like if a rider's had a lot of injury free seasons, then I kind of think, well, one's got to be coming. Um, and I kind of feel that way with Geyser. Like, how many how many years can he get through without an injury? But then I guess you see someone like Sewer, and actually it's quite possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I just have this this feeling always. When someone's gone so far without being injured, I always have this feeling that like, oh, you know, maybe maybe some, maybe one's coming, but no, no. I'm not nah. psychic, so you never know. Um, but yeah, multi-year deal with HRC, not surprising. Um, I didn't hear of him talking to anyone else in the paddock. Uh, so I believe there was always just negotiations within HRC and um, 
Yeah, yeah multi-year the- deal effectively rules him out of next year's craziness when everyone will be up. Getting the best deal possible. That's all he was waiting for. I was just waiting to secure the best deal possible. Yes, I believe he is very, 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 very well paid. Um, yeah. I believe he is, yes, very well, well paid. Well, the guy's won three of the last four world championships. Yeah, and delivered something to HRC that HRC basically couldn't get for the life of them beforehand. Well, can you can you remember pre-Geyser when, when uh, we were doing like Nagel, Paulan, um, Christ, what other riders they have? no one could deliver that championship and they paid a lot of money to try and win it. And then along comes Tim basically delivering three out of the last four years. It is funny. Like obviously they paid a lot of money for Paul Ann at the end of the 2014 season, a yeah. lot of money. Um, if you had gone up to them at the beginning of the 2015 season and been like this skinny guy from Slovenia, um, <laughs> he's actually going to be the one to like deliver for you. Not yeah. this guy who you've just paid millions. Um, they probably would have been like, "What? No." Yeah, no. you're. Yeah, go, go back. Go back to your little, little your little website. Um, Sewer so, uh, so rounds out a good, solid season and very successful second half in second overall. Uh, two three. He kind of let this one get away. He should have really won the overall in France and won the overall in Turkey. It was certainly on the cards for him. Um, so maybe he needs to tidy that up uh, if he's going to make a run at the title in 2023. But Overall, his best year in the class, multiple GP wins, countless podiums, and if it wasn't for that concussion at round three um, and bike setup issues earlier in the year, then he would have been significantly closer to Geyser, I feel. Within a round, I would say. Yeah. I I think it was just the start of the year. The start of the year kind of, it, it just... It just didn't go as well as he would have liked. And, and when you got someone like Geyser who starts, you know, very well, um, by that point he, the deficit was quite a bit. Um, and but like you said, like the middle part of the season is the end part of the season. That's what we expected throughout the year. I think. I think again, it's. I think Jeremy kind of looks back and thinks, I, I, I've got enough to win this world championship. Sewer um, was already Sewer was already ninety nine points behind after Latvia which was round six. He was yeah. 99 points behind after Latvia, and he ended the championship um, 106 points behind. So from round six on, he only lost um, seven, seven points yeah. to... Seven points to Geyser. So that's something to look at. Like, bloody hell. I didn't, like, only six rounds. If those first six rounds, which isn't a big number, could have been fixed, you never know. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. You're dropping a hundred points in six rounds. Yeah, and if I need to look into this, but I do feel like typically Sewer does. Um, he does start slow. He most he most of the time does come on later in the season, and he rarely starts on fire. Obviously, like he was on the podium at Matterley this year, but not in the manner that you would. F- Thing. like not 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 in the manner that he's doing podiums at the end of the season where he was in massively in the mix blah 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 he was kind of in the second tier um and i think if you look at history that is kind of a bit of a pattern for him so that's what, definitely the thing that needs to be fixed what do you think what do you think he needs to do then at the start of the year like obviously you've got the uh uh the preseason races and, and everything else is, is it start even earlier than that how do you get how do you get that intensity from round one I don't what, think would, what would he, he be can do? At? You've just got to have a good, solid mo- uh, winter, I guess. Um, 
and yeah, I don't think there's anything you can do. You've just got to kind of have everything go your way and come in with some momentum. Um, obviously, he's doing the work and everything, but yeah, I don't think that's actually something you can answer. I think that's just something that has to happen um, organically. Um, obviously, he's got the potential and he's got the speed and he's got the ability. So it's not a question of... It's not like that was missing at the start of the year. That was still there. It just wasn't clicking or coming together. So he just needs a situation where it all comes together immediately. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what again what he can do next year. February, um, finally, 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 two and a half months after he returned, got on the podium and did it in a fine fashion too with a moto win. Um, that moto win was crucial, I feel, uh, just to give him a bit of momentum heading into the off season because I am of the opinion that his return to racing wasn't going too well, but that moto win was kind of reminiscent of 2021 and certainly gave him a little. Uh, a little boost and maybe a little reminder that he can, in fact, do this. Yeah, and a little boost for Antti as well. It's been a freaking tough season for those guys over in Kawasaki. You know, really do feel for them. Um, you know, and the investment, what they put into there, backed by Kimi Raikkonen, you know, into, you know, they've got to be kind of looking at that. That's a hard year for them. A hard, hard year. When they, they fully expected, when they signed Fevra, to be at the front end literally every weekend. Ice One have only had two moto wins since... April 24, uh, 2017. Jazz yeah. in Latvia and now Fevre. Um, yeah. So that is a team that desperately needs or lacks success no matter what colour they're on. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, with like you say, with the investment they put in, they certainly would be looking at two moto wins across five years or whatever it is and be kind of shaking in their boots a little bit. Yeah, I think I, f- I think it's just like the hard work, the professionalism, you know, what they put into it. I mean, they are by far one of the most organized and presentable teams in MXGP. You know, um, the reputation of having a Formula One a legend owning the team, you know, it doesn't get any better than than that team. So you've you got to believe that hopefully uh, if 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 Roman's like, I'm, I'm ready for Paris. No, 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 no. Just just. Hold on, just let's just get back. If he has a good preseason, you know, I, you know, I, I believe he will pay in full next year for for Kawasaki. I believe he's having another surgery now on his foot leg, um, just to really, uh, really sweeten up uh, that injury from Paris uh, ten months ago. So that might make him even stronger. Good, good. It'd be great to see him come back. And again, you know, that's what makes the championship exciting is when you got riders like him who have the ability to win um you know and could could you would that be i mean how was that 15 so that is next year would be eight years between championships so that could be quite an interesting stat as well i i go into next year putting hurlings geyser sewer prado uh, maybe Renault. not Renault. Maybe not yes. Renault. Yes. I, I certainly don't think Fever is going to be your 2023 world champion. Well, stranger things have happened. No one thought he'd be the 2015 world champion. Um, but yeah, you tweeted over the weekend that you think Renault is going to be world champion next year. Oh, so the floor stamp is yours. It. Stamp it. That I'm, it? I'm, that, that all you got? Yeah, that's exactly all I got. That's all I put in the tweet as well. I, I genuinely believe. Uh, look. The only person who can beat Hurlins is Hurlins. And we've seen multiple times that Hurlins has beaten Hurlins. Um, it's it's down, like, the, you know, I, I love Jeffrey Hurlins. Everybody loves Jeffrey Hurlins. Everybody loves watching Jeffrey Hurlins. But, you know, 
we need Jeffrey healthy. And, you know, it's it's not a good track record with, with, with the health. So if if people are sometimes you just don't have to beat Jeffrey Ireland's. You you just have to um, you know, take the seconds, take the thirds, and then when the opportunities arise. Then, then you go for the wins. I, I, it's like a chess match with Jeffrey Hernans. You're waiting for him to 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 implode, basically. Um, but if a healthy Hernans is 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 your world champion, but we've not seen a healthy Hernans for a long time. What grade would you give Sewer for his season? Do you know what? I you know the the end part. If we could just go on the end part, then it would be an A plus. Because he's exciting to watch. I love what he does on a bike. Um, his interaction with the fat, everything, just great. Um, but it's just that that initial get going part. It is. It was just okay. It's going to be this. It's going to be next week. Uh, it's going to be going to be the week after. So I don't know. Great grading wise, it's it's an A. Yeah, it's an A. It's yeah, a it's an A. Day. Solid A. Yeah, all day long. What about Renault? Uh, I think for a rookie year, I think it's I, I think he's uh I think he's an A as well. I think as as in kind of that level, B plus A. Um, you know, to do what he'd done coming into the rookie season and it just blew everybody away because I don't think anybody had that. Apart from the internal like team people, they no one had any ideas. And when he hit that preseason and won that, you know, the race in preseason, that's what fucked it all up for all of us because we were like, Oh shit. You know, that happened. You know, if if Plus. like you say, we, we if he hadn't had that preseason and hit and hit Matterley, then we'd have been like, oh wow, oh wow. B plus, yeah, okay, B plus. I, I can't argue with that. Um, let's take a break and we'll we'll finish up with MXGP when we come back from the break. Cool. Um, but before we go to a break, uh, I just want to point out that Geyser, Sewer, Feverett, Renault, Guardanini, and Prado, your top six in. The MXGP class at the MXGP of Turkai, all are a part of the winning world of Rentful. The winning brand in manufacturing and design for the last half century, Rentful continues to lead the world at the very top level of the sport, amassing more championship titles than all competing brands combined. Rentful's records are unsurpassable with 239 US titles and 232 world titles for 470 major championship titles combined. You can add another one to that now because Real also uses Rentful handlebars. Thanks to the hard work and dedication to detail, the Rentful factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since the beginning in 1969. And of course, part one of the MX5 show was presented by Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Fly Racing Formula helmet has changed the game. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. We'll be back with more MXGP talk and Liat Ask Vice Anything after these messages. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with three Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, 
Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 108 of the MX Vice Show podcast. We've done MX2, we've done a little bit of MXGP, so we'll continue with that and then get into Liat ask vice anything your questions answered uh, before we do that thank you to fly racing liat scott sports rentful manscaped planet motor holidays prox racing parts mxgp tv even strokes asterix knee braces and armor nutrition of course no more armor you smarter than a birth because um we canned that last week we had its its uh what would you call it its final hurrah very emotional it was but you got to move with the times, and that is now retired. So do not expect that again. Um, this is part two of the MX Vice Show. And of course, that is presented by our fine friends at Scott Sports. The Softcon air protection range from Scott sets new standards in upper body protection and offers riders a revolutionary solution to staying protected whilst riding. Constructed, constructed using exclusive D30 protection plates, the Scott protectors are low profile, soft and flexible to give you maximum comfort while riding. In the event of a crash, the D30 plates instantly go hard on impact, giving you the protection that you need when it counts. The Softcon Air range also provides greatly increased airflow to the body. The breathable protection plates combined with strategically placed anti-moisture panels mean this body armour works hard to keep you cool and dry when the action heats up. All Scott upper, all Scott upper body protectors are fully CE certified level 1 or level 2. Protect what matters. Scott-sports.com to see more from those people, those fine, fine folks who do so much more than just goggles, of course. Everyone knows Scott Motorsports, but Scott Sports is a wide-ranging company that touches many things but would be of use for you in your daily life and motocross life. So I'd recommend you head over to scott-sports.com at your earliest convenience. Amplify your vision. Um, right, hi, James. <laughs> hi, Lewis. Yes, hi. Um... Guadagnini. Okay. Quite, are we just doing random names? No, that's where we are. We um, okay. before before the break we did Renault, and now right. we're he was fourth and fifth was Guadagnini, so we'll we'll cover him. Okay. Um, much 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 needed. He is he is. I wanted to say this to him, but I thought he'd get confused because it's kind of like a completely different sport. Guadagnini is 
now I've decided the rider who, if you sent him to Alden Baker's program, he would break. Um, he needs to have fun. He needs to enjoy himself. He needs to do whips. He needs to take days off. He needs to keep it light. Um, and I think that's what he did ever since France. If you remember after France, we were talking about how he had a bit of an uh, uh, epiphany yeah. and like realized that maybe he was being too hard on himself. He is only in his second year of MXGP and maybe he needs to take a step back to take a step forward. Um, and I think he did that before Turkey and yeah, evident in the results. Fifth overall, great starts, which have been missing all year long. Um, and a, a nice way to A, cap off a crazy year weird like it's even weird to think that he started the year in mx2 and not just started the year in mx2 he did like seven eight rounds in mx2 like he wasn't just there for a couple of weeks um yeah like crazy how much went on for him this year it was not much of it was good but it ended on a high and that's what's most important he's uh he's one of those guys which if he can find that you know, and it obviously has that find that missing piece, which you know how it works for him. Um, you know, you know he's going to be there or thereabouts. He's got, he's he's a he's a good rider, and I think he's the build on the four fifty is perfect for. Um, he's marketable. He's a really nice guy. You know, um, you know they they've got to be kind of, I I, I guess, kind of sat there over. A gas gas um and just kind of thinking we've got a real good prize asset here not just for now but for the future and i think if they can continue to get the best out of him then um he's got a very very big future in mxgp yeah um i think uh i think he's on a factory team for a reason obviously his contract is up at the end of the next year so that's interesting because i think it could quite easily go either way it could quite easily go away where a factory doubles down and says like this is our guy or it could go the other way and he could end up out of that factory circle um so i'm interested that's an interesting one to follow in the super interesting 2024 city season but um yeah this momentum will serve him well and i think I think he I think he can, can maintain this level of like um what would you say he can maintain this level of he can maintain this mindset because next year the gas gas team will be the same so Prado will still be the one who's expected to win expected to podium blah 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 so Guadagnini can kind of live in his shadow a little bit keep it fun keep it light and continue knocking out results like this agreed I I, I oh. think I think if he can continue doing what he's doing and what we've seen in Turkey, then he's a top five guy next year. Uh, I don't know about. Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys who are a top five guy, so I guess it depends. Like, yeah, he's he's in that mix to, for that for that fifth place. Hurlings, Fevra, Sewer, Geyser, Prado have got to be your top uh, your top top five, mm -hmm. and then he's in that second group who are well, Renault, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's probably in that top five, but then that's six riders. So technically, yeah, that's when, not your... Yeah, but when shit happens, and we've seen, he can mix it. And if things happen uh, next year with injuries and bits and pieces, he's going to be knocking on that door. Prado, um, so, so weekend again, but it ended, okay, it ended okay in the results and also championship, third in the championship. His first medal on the 450, that's something... Um, it's at least a step forward and at least something to show for his season. And he did want that. Obviously, there's money involved and everything. I look, it wasn't a great year, but 
this in no way affects my thoughts on Prado heading into 2023. I will put his 2022 season in a box. I will not think about it again. And I will, I will continue to look at Prado as an elite, elite, elite level talent who can win any championship he competes in. Yeah. I, I, I was wandering around the, uh, the pits and, and caught the 450 riders sort of coming in. And, uh, the conversation between him and his dad in the body language kind of told me a lot. In well, they are, they are Spanish, so that body there is a lot of body language. There, there. is a there is a lot of body language, and and I learned a little bit from from just watching. And it was kind of like, you know, it's kind of the shrugging shoulders, like, hey, is 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 that you know what are you happy with that type of thing? And you can see Prado just again shrug his shoulders to dad in in, in kind of just head down. He he, he didn't. For me, l- looking in from the outside and not knowing as much as you or anybody else, it just doesn't seem to be very happy. That, that's no, all you've I been on say. this for years. You've been on this for years. Just of course, he's not happy. This is a guy who, unless he's winning every single moto, he's not going to be happy. He's a hurlings, he's a fever, he's a geyser. Like Agreed. he's not he's not gonna be happy unless he's winning. But you have been and also I think I've said this a lot. I feel one thing I've learned about Prado this year is that he does wear his heart on his sleeve. Like his emotions are very clear at all times. Um I like, like that though. I like yeah, it. So like but then also but that's not good when people like you read too much into it. Hmm? True. Like, um he's not like a geyser, I'd say you you can struggle to figure out how he's really like feeling or whatever um but yeah no i think prado wears his heart on his sleeve and that can cause some people to either get the right idea or get the wrong idea um and obviously he's gonna is he happy to get third i'm sure because it could have quite easily ended up fourth or fifth on reflection is he going to be happy with third again next year absolutely not um he is he is a championship contender. He will be a championship contender. If it's he has another when. year like this next year, I will then start asking questions. Okay. But I will allow him this year as a grace period of... At the end of the day, he has had three years on a 450 and not one of them's been smooth. So... Um, not been smooth, but as he reached his potential, no. No, that's what I mean. Not been smooth. He's had COVID. He's had injuries. He's had broken bones. He's had illnesses. He's had so he's not had a he's not had a year where you can go well. He just straight up wasn't good enough. He's had a year where you can basically reel off a list of reasons why he wasn't good enough. Um, but yeah, also sneaky underdog for the nations, Spain with Prado, Fares, and Ferdinand Fernandez. Obviously, if you get the best Prado and the best Fernandez and the best Fares. That's a very good team. Biggest question is whether you actually get the best ones of each of those riders, but time will tell. What do you think about kind of Prado's start of the season compared to Prado's end of the season? I don't know. It's hard. It's, that's hard with everyone because for some reason, every single rider seemed to have a very different start and end of the season. Even Geyser, even Sewer, even like everyone. I don't really know what... It's hard. When I look back on this year, I struggle to look at it as one season because what happened in Matali, Mantova, Majora, Latvia feels like a completely different year for some reason. I don't, re- I don't really feel like we've ever had a season like this where for every single rider, there was a part one and a part two. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, I don't really true. understand yeah, it. it. It's weird. Like even Sardinia. Like I remember Sardinia clearly. 
was that this year? Because to me, it doesn't. That could have been five years. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, I know what you mean. It's just it does feel like a long time away, like a long time ago. But uh, again, it wasn't that far far ago that he was he was winning motos. So, yeah, I don't know. It, like you say, there's uh, you know, it, it just seems weird this year that so many people have had you know different endings to to how they started. There's obviously been the you know. Geyser's been super consistent all the way through, apart from tailing off at the end. But we know that's just down to doing what he needs to do. Uh, Frato was seventh. He, uh, he's actually been really good lately and consistently good. Still have no idea what he's going to do next year. Um, him, Frato, Jacoby, Monticelli and Watson seem to be the four stragglers. Um nowadays they seem to be the four ones who are a bit of a mystery for next year i believe i know jacoby's talked to teams about racing in national championships uh maybe australia and i know monticelli's done the same maybe britain um so maybe those two riders leave mxgp completely um obviously it came out or didn't come out but rumors surfaced over the weekend that that uh van donick who was gonna go to geben is now gonna be at jackie martin's as the sole 450 rider um, and that was heavily pushed for by Honda Europe. But it certainly seems like there's no room for Jacoby or Monticelli at um, Jackie. So not sure where they go. Not sure where... If I had to make better money, I'd say Jacoby or, or um, Monticelli end up in national championships. Not their own, not Italian and German, some random ones somewhere. Um, Ferrato, I have no clue what he's going to do. Um, Pacharel as well, I guess, is out to uh, pasture as well. Well, he's kind of that's to be expected, I guess. Like, kind of. Um, someone else asked me about Patrell, and I was like, I have no idea, no idea, hmm. uh, no idea what's gone on there. What about Jed Beaton? Have we got any news on Jed? I think he'll be okay now. That's good. I mean, nothing's news. done. Nothing's done. But I think he might end up with something. I hope. I hope because for a rider like Jed. If he ends up out of MXGP, then him going back to Australia removes him from the scene a lot more than Jacoby, Monticelli, Ferrato, who are still very much in the scene. Like, so it's harder for a rider like Jed to bounce back. So I hope that he manages to stay in. And I, I think know, I know you're going to hate me saying it, and you know, you know, I'm going to say it anyway. There's oh, two JWR. very, two very good places over at JWR. Are you on the payroll? Not yet. Are you trying to be? No, but I'm just saying, it's like, whilst all these teams are dropping out, JWR. They, literally, this is the best year for them because they've got the, the you know, a, 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 the pick of some very, very good riders. It'd be interesting to hear, hear um, who they sign. Well, the answer may be closer than you think. I believe it could be as well, Lewis. Um, uh, yeah, but that's, that's a little bit of what's going on in silly season. Um, Guio, actually, is another one who is actively looking and still as far as i can tell has no real interest or whatever but then he obviously did very well in turkey and very nearly finished third or at least fourth in um but i don't know if it's enough i think that what guio really needed to do to get some solid interest is turn up at lommel or turn up at Finland and put in a solid ride. Because the fact that he handpicked tracks that he kind of likes, if I was a team owner, that would concern me. Like, yeah, he did great, but he also didn't turn up at a track where he isn't happy. So what does yeah, that was mean? It, was, it a get, get, 
Was it uh, him not turning up or was that because he had to ride the national championship? Either or, I think that's hurt him, though. Either or, I do think that's yeah, hurt but him. Yeah, don't be harsh on him. If he can't physically get there because he's made no, uh, of a contractual agreement to be in a, a championship to represent because that's how he's managed to get a ride this year, you can't knock the guy for that. But that's what I think that's what I think will hurt him getting an MXGP ride. Because if I was a team advisor or a team manager or whatever, when I sit down, I'd go, yeah, he did great. But he didn't really put himself in a situation where he would be uncomfortable. Look, th- this, is my, this is my take on it. You got your take. This is my take. The guy turned up in Turkey as a privateer of a suitor clutch and Akrapovic exhaust. That is it. A standard Yamaha. Nothing done to it. He know, basically are his, was... Are you his secret father or something? This is very aggressive. Basically, to the last lap of the first race, he was in third. And he came through. It's not like he he, he had a decent start, but he came through and picked people off. There was, was a point, there was there a point where I genuinely thought he was going to win it. Exactly. You know, and, and I, I appreciate what you're saying, but at the same point, what I seen and what he produced and where he's come from in the last five years... That tells me something about a person who can pick themselves up, you know, five years being in a, you know, just in a shitter and literally go out on a, on basically a standard bike um, with fuck all budget. He sat there in a debt chair on his own and he goes out and nearly gets third in MXGP in a world championship. So whether it's on sand, mud or whatever, he's just gone out and for, you know, up to one lap where he had Febra literally pressuring him. Up to that point, he was in third position on a privateer bike. Like that tells me everything. I love those stories. I live for those stories. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not downplaying what he did. I'm purely saying, as far as getting a ride for next year, my concern as a team manager or team advisor would be, well, we don't. We know what he does when he's super comfortable and super happy, but what does he do when he's not? Well, just make him super happy and super super comfortable. Because if he can, Quio has a... always, Quio has always been that guy who's quite difficult to get or not different that's that's negative but like quite um temperamental to get in that sweet spot so again it's for teams to kind of listen to riders and say what makes you tick you know this is this is our way of working your the, the team's way of working might be completely against the riders i mean you've only got to look at you know i don't want to say names but a handful of riders this year which have not performed to their best of ability why is that is that because they're being put onto a program which doesn't work for them? Like you're, you're bon- like if you're running a business and you're asking an employee to do something that he doesn't want to do, are you going to get the best out of him? No. So why would it be any different in motocross? And I don't understand teams when they're just like, it's got to be this way or no way, or this way in the highway. Why? You know, we've seen in America there's certain certain riders that thrive under Alden Bacon, or certain riders which you know, run into the hills. But still, to be fair, for the most part, they don't like, okay, some riders get out and some riders get in, but for the most part, it's pretty frowned upon if a rider does have an opinion. Agreed. And an opinion is different, but it's like, why would you, why would you, I don't get it. It's just, I just look at it as a business and employing people. It's like, you want happy people. Why would you want to make them unhappy? It's because yeah. if if they get unhappy or they're doing something that they don't want or they're, you know how you, you it's all about getting the best out of people and that's what a team needs to do what's the point in spending like a million pound on a rider taking him all around the world but basically not actually listening to him to, to what he wants and making him use something he doesn't feel confident you know you know in it's, i, I don't get it eh. 
Eh, yeah, but like, then again, you can't. There was, there's always got to be some give. Sure, there's, of course, there's got to be some give because look, this is what we've got to use. This is what we've, you know, we've been given. But what you need to do is make the best out of that situation. But but it can't be detrimental to the point where the, the rider loses faith in using something to the point where actually I'm only going to give ninety percent because I haven't got the confidence in in that particular thing. And if I haven't got the confidence in that particular thing, then why should I put my life at risk? Because the other thing you have to think about is this is a this is not snooker. It's not like oh I've got my snooker queue. This is my specific snooker queue which I can do well on. Like motocross, there's a good chance you might die. Snooker, uh, I've never heard of someone dying at snooker. So you're asking people to play with their lives with particular things. So for me, I think there has to be, you know, teams have to um, listen a little bit more. In, in just my personal, in my opinion. Um, what would you give Vlander in season as far as a grey? Do you know what? What 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 expectations have you got for Vlandering coming into this? I mean, if if it started a year, you, you somebody said he's going to go one one, I'll be like, what are you drinking? Because I need some of that as well. Um, to go one one in Sardinia was phenomenal. For that, for that, just that on its own is an A plus, hundred percent. Yeah, but we're not that, talking that on its own. We're talking season as a whole. I don't care. I'm giving him an A plus just for that one one. Okay. What that's about not you? Really, that's not great content, though. Well, he's se- he's seventh in the championship. Yeah, I'm looking for a grade on the whole season. That's seventh in a, the championship. I'm looking a plus. for a grade. A okay. plus. He he is he has exceeded all expectations. No, seventh in the championship is not that. Vlandering is as good or better than that. That's not. He, where he, did you expect him to be? Like twelfth? But again, Lewis, he's not a factory rider. He's not on a factory bike. If he's on a factory bike, then his expectations are to be in that place. But you would expect the factory riders to dominate the top 10. Well, I can tell you that I and Calvin disagree with you. I think he gave himself a B plus. He might have even given himself lower than that. I think I said a B plus. And from what I remember, I'm pretty sure he was quite adamant that I was being too positive. He might have given himself a B. That's Calvin and he's South African. Look, he's got... He's got one win and he's got a second Calvin, overall. He has blonde hair. Like, oh, <laughs> exactly. Let's just, let's just yell out around these facts. He's going to be hard on himself. He's South African. It's Calvin and he's left-handed. Like, Look, he's, he's got two podiums, a first and a second overall. He's seventh in the championship. You know, give yourself a break. That's I a great result. A, I would give him an A- minus or a B+. Plus. Probably an A-. minus. Okay, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll Go with you on the A minus, but it's, it is so close to an A plus because of that win. Well, there's a whole A grade in between those. Can't be too close. It's got a whole little whole the whole A area to cover before you get to an A plus. For, for um, me, him and Bogers have been my two riders this year who've who have really pulled it together. I think Bogers gave himself an A. Yeah, but I can't remember really that either. Memory's not very good this week. Brain fog. Um, COVID. Yeah. Um, no, Vlandering. I'm interested to see where Vlandering goes from here. He's re signed with Gebben one more year, at least. Obviously, where's well, one year deal? Who knows what happens after that? Um, should still have star engines, but interesting to see where he goes from here because obviously now the bar has been set quite high. But crucially, he had an average start of 12th this year. So that is something where, um, 
that like if he can improve that then there is a lot more scope to do better because if you turn that average start into a seventh then suddenly yeah maybe you, top five in the championship is realistic life gets a lot easier 12th but, is a pretty horrific average start yeah but fair play to him again for coming through from 12th to you know every like on average every time to secure a seventh in the championship again a plus okay really just giving everyone a pluses aren't you what did you give my season Mm. Uh, I'd give you a. I made a lot of people angry. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what would the grading be? Would this be for turning up? Because you, you know you, you completed that 100. percent Yeah, you get an A plus for turning up. Lockett uh, was an F. Lockett was a dark, dark day. What happened at Lockett? That was when everyone hated me. Oh wow! Lockett and Aguada, two races where my entire world, my house of cards, came tumbling down. <laughs> That's where I was basically walking around a paddock, just basically saying to everyone, like, do you want me here or should I just so, go? Someone give me a hug. I basically started every conversation with, should I just go to the hotel or should I, do you want to talk to me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll give myself an F. Um, no, let's, do, let's that, go into questions. Is that an F for freaking great? No, it's an F for fucking, fucking what a year. <laughs> Well, if you think at least you beat me because um, I actually managed, I was actually going to go to pretty much all the GPs this year. Possibly, I probably wouldn't have gone to Indonesia. No, you um, weren't. You were never going to Argentina or Indonesia. Argentina, Indonesia, and the two things with those would be basically travel and cost. Um, yes, travel because you went to Argentina and you said you would never ever do it again, and bitched and moaned the entire way there and the entire way back. Well, I've got a plan. So when I go next year, I am literally going to go for a week. I am fucking doing it all like we did last year last time i went i'm I'm gonna go for a week and i'm gonna have like a day here day there and stuff like that and plan it out because i if, you, if you're gonna go that far then it's just ridiculous to try and cram it all into four or five days so um yeah learned by my mistakes but yeah i've got to say that um yeah just yeah i'm just happy i attended three i'm happy in my life okay well that's crass what a cheery uh what a cheery note Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck brace, Liat continues to evolve year after year, and the 2023 gear is now available worldwide. And I have to say, no bullshit. Like, every year for the last two or three years i've been quite impressed with liat's step forward design wise and every year i've kind of gone well they can't really go they've kind of peaked now but they can't really improve the design um yeah i'm wrong because almost like 2023 stuff is actually really nice um really nice like really really nice like like really nice like very much would exceed everyone's expectations so i would recommend that you head to liat.com or at official liat on instagram and check out what i have on offer for 2023 a lot of stuff there that will tickle your fancy and of course liat so much more than just a motocross company um so much more than just a gear company helmets neck braces boots goggles mountain bike stuff there's uh, just about something for everyone enduro just about something for everyone at liat.com so check out their 2023 drop on uh your platform of choice your platform of choice yeah uh just to let you know Liz, that i will be in 2023 liat gear at a kawasaki factory test uh yeah, for enduro bikes yes yes what a day 
What a day where two great companies come together. Where are you? Um, what are the two great companies? Kawasaki and Liat. Oh, well, Kawasaki, not a sponsor of this podcast. Other bikes are available. Uh, actually, uh, Kawasaki are a sponsor of the British MX Voice podcast. Not a sponsor so of this podcast. invest so other... into um, the company. Not a sponsor of this podcast. Other bikes are available. Um, Liat, ask us anything time. Mike... Oh. Francis199. Why is Ben Watson not riding for GP? Well, he didn't get picked, obviously, but also a large factor of that is that it would have cost a lot of money to send him with Kawasaki and things. Um, Kawasaki want an extraordinary amount of money to send the riders to Redbud. Um, so yeah, he is on the outs this year. What's mental to me, and... Whether he should have been on the team or not, who cares, whatever your opinion is. But what is mental to me is I think everyone's forgetting just how good he was at Redbud last time. Last time at Redbud, there was a three-way battle for the MX2 win overall. Uh, Prado, Hunter Lawrence, and Ben. Like, I think I think that's kind of... Obviously, it's not been a great year. We can kind of put that out there. But I think that has caused people to kind of lose sight of what he is A, capable of, and B, what has done in the past. Yeah, so yeah, I think we said on the last week's podcast show, it wasn't that long ago that um, he he was winning MX2 races, and people were very very excited about uh, his MXGP career. And to be fair, it was a good rookie season. Yeah, uh, we won't. We'll get into it later because I could. Go okay, on. okay, okay. What yeah. happened, uh, Kevin C four three zero? What happened to Fernandez in Turkey? Uh, he crashed on lap one of Moto One and dinged up his back. He didn't injure it per se, but he was uncomfortable so didn't finish um obviously got a concussion in locket as well and scraped up his elbow vet so like really ended the season not so much on a high um the fact that he was still eighth in the championship kind of speaks volumes as to what he did in the first half of the championship uh at gapi gapi kovac in slovenia they promised him a home gp what do you think about it there was talk of a Slovenian GP in like 2016. I remember there was heavy rumours, and I think he in front may have even said they were trying to do it. Um, I don't really know what Slovenia's tracks are like, or whether they've got some. Uh, well, Tim's I mean, got a track there. Well, they have a Slovenian championship, but I don't really know what the facilities are like, or what the space is like for the paddock and stuff. But obviously, if we could go to Slovenia, I'd imagine we'd get an old school track, which would make people quite happy. There would obviously be a lot of fans turning out. Um, where is uh, Slovenia in the world? Uh, Eastern Europe, this. Yeah, but what countries does it border? Uh, Slovakia. That well, yeah, you you'd, you'd get some fans from Slovakia and places like that. So it would be successful, but I just I would imagine that the difficulty is finding a track that's got the room for the paddock, um, room for pit lane, all of that sort of stuff. Wide enough, all of that sort of stuff. But hey. Uh, Rhyme Dude, is Turkey the best track on the calendar right now? We had such good racing there the last two years. Um, I've got to be honest. I, I when I got to the track on, on the Saturday, I looked at it and was just like, This is me. Give me a bike, let me go. This is me. That I, I really enjoyed the track. I love the track. Well that's not really the qualifying factors. I don't care. I'm just telling you that I love the track. It, um... Any, anybody who loves riding, you would stand at that track in Turkey and go, honestly, this is this is awesome. It was so good. It is um it is sneaky good. Like 
the racing we had there last year was incredible. Like the racing we had in 2021 in Turkey was maybe the best racing of the season. And it wasn't just one moto, it was across all four motos. So it does it does do well in that respect, but also that's partly because everyone's doing the same thing. So kind of everyone's just in a train. But not so much in a train where there's no passing because there are moves. So it's not terrible. Um, it's definitely it's I think I've always said it's probably the best man-made track that we have. So, if we've got to have a man-made track, I'll happily take that one. Put it that way. Yeah. That's a fair way of putting it. Um, Mark Davis, 3199. Gertz's team, not as professional as KTM, never even clapped him on the podium. I don't... I didn't see that. What, so I what was this? Comment. Sorry? What was this? Apparently, one? Gertz's team never clapped for Vial going on the podium. Oh. I never hmm. saw that, so we won't comment. At the Joe Wells, will Ferrandis make VMXO in? It hasn't been officially announced, but everyone I spoke to seems to think that Ferrandis isn't going to be racing. So, Fever isn't going to be racing either. He's having surgery. And I don't think he would do it anyway. Um, so, And you would think that, well, that's okay. They've lost Ferrandis and they've lost Fever, But France must have other riders, other capable riders around. Um, Upsteps, no. Christophe Charlier. Well, like, uh, Rubini would be the best bet, but then Rubi putting Rubini on the team isn't going to help. Like, that's, that's going to knock them down the order significantly. Um, so, yeah. But I think what they've, I think they have to put, I think Rubini is their only bet. Or, truthfully, I honestly struggle to think of another option. Um, Tom Guyon? Yeah, if you want to move Marv to a 450, but I guess you could maybe put Rubini on a 450 and stick and keep Marv in MX2. It wouldn't be ideal, but. Don't think it would be a disaster. Whereas putting Guion on a four fifty is probably a slight disaster. What about um, Tixier? He's a former um, former Desertions winner, isn't he? Well, he's doing Cardiff, so I'd imagine he's in Wales mode. Ah, you know, it's country calling. Yeah, but he also hasn't raced. He did his collarbone in Finland or something. So ah, sorry, it's only a collarbone. It's like four weeks now, isn't it? It's like breaking your finger. Uh, Cal Crossland 26, name your top three at this year's MXON. Very simple for me. Uh, USA first, Australia second, Netherlands third. Very mm. simple for me. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm definitely going to go uh, US, Australia. Oh, don't then... say US first, James, because then people are just going to give you shit saying that you're doing it because it's a trendy thing to do or something. You have to. You don't. Sorry, you're not. You're unfamiliar. The rules are: you're not allowed an opinion. You just have to say that Great Britain are going to win everything. Great. Uh, what? Yes. Oh, really? That's the rules. Yep, that's the rules. Far, not allowed far, to have an opinion. Uh, you've just got to say that. You've just got to say that GB's the best. Um, you got to be proud of your flag, and you've got to just say oh, that no matter what no. happens. No, but that's a little bollocks. I don't. I don't make the rules. Uh, I just get them enforced on me. Yeah, Sexton and Tomac. Uh, oh, well, hello. you're just doing that because you want to be cool. That's just hello, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, 100%. Do you know what, though? I wouldn't rule out France, even with whatever else you put in there. I just wouldn't rule them out. They just, they're just always there. Always. But they're not, though, are they? Because they were fifth last year. Yeah, but they're always there. But they weren't last year. Um, and also, they weren't on the podium in Assen either. So, actually, they haven't been there for a while now. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go. I, 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 do you know what? For once, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm trying to think of something else, but you're right. I think this is the most predictable nations in a long time. I feel like this is very clear-cut, very obvious, I think. I don't there think this again, is... Spain's strong. 
Yeah, yeah, Spain's strong. Spain will be fifth at worst, third at best with a little bit of luck. And, and um, you get, and you do get out of the nations. You do get out those odd fucking results where where something happens. It wouldn't surprise me if this was the year of Spain. What winning? It, it, no, 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 no. Getting getting that podium. Oh yeah, they can get on a podium. Yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go different then. So as much as I do believe that a Dutch will do well, uh, I'm just gonna just just to be different to you. I'm gonna go Spain third. Okay. Um, I've lost my place. Uh, someone asked about a team for Guio. We've discussed that. Aston139, are you two going to Cardiff in October? I'll be there. Will you, James? Uh, 100%. Yes, we're both going to be there. Um, it's an hour from your house, so we like the odds of you making it there. Yep. Um, yeah, we, we haven't even come up with a plan yet, but I believe... Uh, I'm just kind of working with WSX at the moment on um, some some cool things for MX Vice. It looks like we're probably going to have some um, uh, VIP tickets and other bits and pieces going on. Um, Lewis and myself possibly could be there, maybe doing this. Who knows? Who knows? But hopefully we'll have some more information next week to drop. Um, and uh, yeah, it could be a very, very good um, event. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You, Lewis? Um, do you think World Supercross have heard you slagging the championship off on this? I haven't slagged it off. I think we've both been quite critical. I think you've been critical. I think we've both been very critical. I No, if you remember rightly, um, we were talking about ticket sales, and I said all day long, Tomac and Roxon are going to sell that. Um, we'll check the tapes. It's on record. We'll check okay. the tapes. Okay. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Brad Myers 22 is Ruben going to work with Liam Everts then or is it unknown for now Ruben does have a new deal uh, Jeffrey Hurling's man friend he won't be with Hurling's next year he does have a new deal and I believe the press release is dropping when the press release man is feeling less ill I think that's what the hold up is the, pre oh. the, the press release man is under the weather at the moment so I think oh, everyone's needs... waiting for the press release man to recover so he what, can write the press release and do what it justice. I would What I would uh, actually suggest is maybe the press release man... Uh, man the fuck up. Oh, well, he's, I don't know if he listens to this, but he'll if he does, his reply would probably be, didn't you not do a podcast for six months? <laughs> yeah, it was COVID. I was like, life or death, Lewis. Don't joke about shit like that. You have no idea how it was. I actually thought I was going to die after week eight. Well, we, we had our fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> honestly you're such an unkind person where's daddy <laughs> that was quite funny I quite like that um, uh, 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 oh god that's a name you should even be joking about death with the queen dying yesterday well that is our planet might have bombshell of the week don't ruin it at AS Claudio with you at AS Claudio Claudio uh, underscore 10 sad to watch MXGP and see empty gates what to do about it I don't know what you can do about it <sighs> like Oh, Turkey Turkey was an overseas event, so they obviously got their overseas allowance, but they could have taken their trucks. But the teams even admitted to me that it would have been cheaper to take their trucks. So, like, Diga were there working out of a sprinter van. Uh, Steve Dixon was there with his full-on truck, and then most other teams, uh, every team... Uh, every Geb team, Geben had their trucks, Honda had their trucks. I was just trying to say that. Every team, bar Jackie Martins, HRC, Geben, and Steve Dixon, had... Uh, crates and all of those teams admitted to me that actually it would have been cheaper to just take their trucks so it's not like everyone's doing it the cheapest way um 
but what do you do? I don't really know. Like, because at the end of the day, you can't force someone and it is a long way to go and it is a pain in the ass. Like, so if someone just doesn't want to go, you can't force them. Like, okay, here's something for you, Lewis. If the last round of the GP was in France, would there be more people on the gate? Oh, obviously. But equally, when we were in Ernay, the ent- and also when we were in the two French GPs this year, and the entries were terrible. So there we go. You can say, we basically had that because France was the penultimate round and the entries were actually worse than Turkey. There we go. That tells you there's no clear answer. There were more people racing in Turkey than there were in France. Definitely MX2-wise. Maybe it was the same. Yep. Uh, we had 19... Well, actually, that's... Uh, we had 20 entrants in MXGP in Turkey. 22 in France. Basically the same. I don't think we're going to squabble over the difference of two. MX2, we had 21 in Turkey and 19 in France. You make sense of that. Like When I see that, I do sympathize with in front that they're probably sat down going, well, what the fuck? Like, what yeah. should we well, should we just run all of the events overseas now? Is that what people want? Like <laughs> Yeah, every, everybody's telling us to uh, you know get rid of the overseas because Europe where it is and the fans in France and no one goes. I actually gotta do I actually I've got I've got a story I'm working on on this. I um there's a there's a if I can pull it if I can finish it, which it's gonna take me some time, it'll probably take me another week or so. I've started working on a story that may shed some light on this. So stay tuned okay. for that. Okay. Um, we're all intrigued, so you better finish it. No, you will never read it. Um, I do. I'm all over MX Vice. Uh, it's like a rash. Ben Puddy 100. Will Muse race GPs again? Ben Puddy. How the devil are you? I don't know. He's racing for Dave Thorpe's Honda team next year, and Dave Thorpe has a strict rule on no unnecessary races. No, he's in the the contract, I believe, he's able to do GPs. But they all say that. They do, and will it happen? Nichols said it, never happened. Yeah. Tommy said it, but that was COVID, so maybe it would have happened. Um... They all go to that team and say it. I, I think he'll be if it happens, it'll be it'll be the first time that a rider has gone there and, and still has a, a GP career, but uh, I can't see it. Because um Josh Gilbert's going there as well. Um and that's also he's also in a similar position to Gilbert where he doesn't need to be locked to the British Championship. He needs to be out spreading his wings. Yeah. But like so Josh Gilbert going there um locks him out of AMA and MXGP as well. And he could have a career if I would argue that Josh Gilbert has a better shot at an international career at this point than Conrad Muse. So he also needs to spread his wings. So maybe it's for both of them. Maybe they're both allowed to spread their wings a little bit. It's crazy how important that British championship is to Honda. Yeah, but it's Dave Thorpe making it's not Honda sending the rule about no international races. That's Dave Thorpe, isn't it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Day Thorpe, not hot, but then it's the same thing because Day Thorpe is Honda. But um, I don't really understand how it all works because Day Thorpe wears many hats. Um, SWAT racing. What would positively impact MX2 more? Age limit EMX250 or reducing the MX2 entry fee? The hours won MX2, but which rider winning the MX2 title would have elevated the sport the most? Oh, these are all different questions. Uh, I, <laughs> I, was to... To, I was trying to put those two things together as to how they could be one question. They're completely different. I, I've actually got some insight to this, but I can't say anything because um, of confidentiality. But Well, it's made... It's, it's been made. Um, things are happening. It's been made official that EMX 250 age limit is now 21. Yeah, there's and... some... Okay. From what I hear, the MX2 entry fee is going to be reduced to something. 
Yes. Some people um, say the same price as EMX, but I don't even think it needs to be reduced to the same price as EMX. No, but, if, but, uh, but you, can, I, you just said you can't say anything, so you might as well let me ramble on. Okay. Um, MXGP and MX2 are a thousand euros each at the moment. EMX is 300 euros. I don't necessarily think that MX2 needs to be 300 euros. If MX2 was 500 euros, then I would be okay with that. Like yeah, but 200 euros more than EMX? Sure. Um, at what point, right, that they're, they're you know, love them or hate them or whatever, but they are listening and they are making changes. Yeah, they're and, trying. And they're constant, they are constantly trying to do things. But all people will do is... You know, it's, it's it's the entry fee. It's this. It's that. It's prize money. It's this. Pri- Do you think prize money is going to affect Jeffrey Hurlins or Glenn Coldenoff or anything else? No. It's a thousand euros. Well, no, but this is the what day. they've this is what right. they've said. Yeah. So it, it, look, at the end of the day, um, there's people are going to have to. Why aren't people going to GPs? Um, you know, it's 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 costly to go abroad. Everybody gets a holiday. Da, da, da. I don't know. You could come up with multiple excuses and everything else. All I'm all I'm saying is that um, you've got somebody there who's trying to run a world championship, and they are listening and trying to make changes. But if people aren't going to support that, then you know you can make all the changes you want. You could you could put all the prize money you want in. Do you really think if there was twenty to forty thousand pounds worth of prize money up on on the line um, for each GP that it would be four gates? I didn't think so. I, I generally don't think people want to be going around in 39th. Um, no one mentioned prize money. No, I'm just saying that if all these things happened, what I'm saying is that would it have full gates? Nothing sums this up more than there were more riders in Turkey than France. So clearly nothing matters and all sense has gone and it doesn't, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to this. So who the hell knows? Maybe you could make the entry fee higher and then more people will show up. Who knows? At this who point? knows? Yeah. But yeah, the entry fees are going to change. And I also, there's a lot of different things going around about the entry fees because someone told me that the wild cards might be cheaper as well for MXGP. But MX, I think MX2 is going down. MXGP is staying, but maybe it'll be cheaper to wildcard in MXGP. All very, I, I know, I'm interested to see how they release this because typically uh, the entry fees have never been about, spoken about publicly. So I doubt there'll be a press release announcing this. So I guess... It will just be through hearsay, which means we'll never actually truly, truly know. Well, we will, because... I'll send a text. No, we will, because I, I, I know, but once I get the green light, I can say. Oh, okay, boss. I'm going to find out now. What do we know about MX2 entry fees for next year? Well, See if I, we get replied by the end of this podcast. I can tell um, you after the podcast. Well, I can actually I'm tell pretty you sure what I just said was spot on. No? 300 euros for MX2? Again, I can't tell you. Well, that means I was right. It's out there anyway. It's all out there. Um, it's all out there. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year, and you will see that for yourself by checking out the wide range of 2023 products right now. Official Liat on social media, liat.com. So much to see, so much to buy, so much to check out at Liat. Um, really taking steps forward each year and really never settling, never settling in the field of motocross, enduro or mountain bikes. So much to see, so much to get, so much to buy. Liat.com, official Liat on social media. Thank you to them for sponsoring Liat Ask Vice Anything. Um, Let's go to break. Then let's come back and discuss Diga 
and entry fees and the queen dying. Sounds good. Um, See you in five. Okay, I've I've not done yet, but I will wrap this thing, wrap up part two. Um, that is, uh, that is part two of the MX Vice Show podcast, presented by, of course, um, uh, Scott Sports. The Softcon Air Protection Range from Scott sets new standards in upper body protection and offers riders a revolutionary solution to staying protected whilst riding. Constructed using Exclusive D30 protection plates for Scott protectors are low profile, soft and flexible to give you maximum comfort while riding. In the event of a crash, the D30 plates instantly go hard on impact, giving you the protection that you need when it counts. The Softcon air range also provides greatly increased airflow to the body. The breathable breathable protection plates combined with strategically placed anti-moisture panels mean this body armor works hard to keep you cool and dry when the action heats up. All Scott upper body protectors are fully CE certified level one or level two. Protect what matters, scott-sports.com. So much more than just goggles. Wide range of products there as well. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. We'll be back after these messages with um, EMX Rule that was announced, uh, Diga that was announced this morning, and uh, some more silly season stuff like what's going on with Gebbin's second seat. We'll be back in two minutes. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to the final part of MX Vice Show, episode 108. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Redfall, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition for their support of the MX Vice Show. This is the final part, and the final part is, of course, brought to you by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Um, If you want to be factory, but you're not factory, but you want to bridge that gap, then choose Prox. Something for everyone, no matter what your bike is, no matter the model, the year, the CC, or any of that, there will be a wide, wide range of products available to you at pro-x.com. The best quality uh, as far as getting bang for your buck, as well as also the best value. Just all around the best option you can choose for your life and motocross career slash weekend warrior activities. So much to see at pro-x.com. Um, right. Planet Motor Bombshell of a Week. Let's go straight into that. Okay. Um, what do you want it to be? I've got three things. 
Well, the Queen's obviously the biggest one. Uh, well, well, rest in you peace. May, God rest her you soul. You may notice you may notice some sh- some changes in um, tone of voice in this podcast. We recorded the first part on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday morning, but I was absolutely hanging out of my ass with illness, so we've had to record the second half on today, Friday, the ninth of September. And in that time, I wasn't the only one who was ill. No, no. So that's, no, that's sad times. Sad times. It's really affected uh, everybody. Not just within this nation, but around the world. I think she was quite a significant, um, you know, significant person over the last ninety six years, just with what she's done and, and how she's helped people. So, um, yeah, very sad. I was going to make a joke then, but that did not seem very appropriate. No, I'm glad you didn't. Thank you. Um, time and a place, Lewis. A time and a place. Yes, it was. A, it was a nice joke, but not the time. So that's one bombshell that no one enjoyed. Very sad. And we wish everyone... Well, no one's going to enjoy the next bombshell. What's the next bombshell? Well, Diga going. No, that's the third one. Second oh. one. Um, what was your biggest... Obviously, you don't really go to races anymore. So what was your biggest like shock from going to Turkey? Something that surprised you? Something about Turkey that surprised you or like the place or something? i tell you what. I, I, I was right when I it was quite good. No, Turkey GP was good. I was I was surprised actually about how good it was. I don't that. come on here and spout bullshit. I only say what's in my heart. Yeah, if you if you if you're looking for a you know a fun weekend, it is like nice hotels and, and everything else, and the track's really cool. That's all good. Um, the what the thing I said in a, in part one was absolutely no need to carry a gun whilst giving me a, a speeding ticket, please. Come on. I got an email about a speeding ticket on Wednesday night. I've never seen a country work so swiftly. Oh, yeah. They love, they're loving their money. I, I, I had one there and then. I had to go to the bank order um, thing, which I haven't gone to. Because I've got to be honest, I'm probably not going to go back to Turkey. Or Turkai. It's nice. Well, I was happy about it until basically I, um... got near enough, got arrested at gunpoint for doing 13 kilometers more. I am... Um... Ridiculous. I uh, I bought a bottle of water on the first day, went to walk into the hotel, and the hotel guy at the front door stopped me and said, you're not allowed to bring that in. And I pretended to not understand what he was saying. So I just went, oh, no, sleep, sleep. Go to sleep. So when I walked past him, he obviously radioed to someone else, and security damn near rugby tackled me in reception because I had a bottle of water. Um, and dragged me. I was like in the, I say reception, I was in like the foyer area. Um this man dragged me to the reception desk and everyone at the reception seemed quite alarmed at what the hell was going on. So, but before the man had a start time to a chance to speak and explain what he was doing, I said to reception, this man's being very aggressive. I need someone to help me. And then they made him leave me alone because that everyone, the lesson of that is you've got to be fast. If you can get your point, if you can get your point in before the other person, then that wins you the situation. So this was all over a bottle of water. Yeah. I don't know what they thought it was. I genuinely don't know what they thought it was. I went and bought one from the shop, and I don't think you were allowed, but I was like, well, I'm hydrating. Uh, well, I think it I still might like them, I still like the GP. I think, I think it might have been your face, because I walked in and out with bottles of water all day. Well, it's been one of the... Yeah, I, I asked other people, and they said it was they had no issues. So, um, I uh, I think that... I sp- it's one of those the, years. Did you give him the Lewis Phillips eye? No, I think it's just been one of those years where I literally can't do anything right. Just winding up people wherever you go. Literally cannot do it. It's been one of those years where I literally cannot do anything right. But that's fine. You live and learn. 
And in future, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut twenty four seven. Um, okay, what's your what's your other one? Uh, Diga. It was announced uh, this morning that Diga uh, is shutting their doors. Hang Big on, surprise. Sorry, your, your bombshell of the week was what? Getting rugby tackled by a security Well, no, person. that wasn't mine. That was me talking. I was talking to you about your turn. I was hoping you had something from Turkey. Um, and then I was just building on what you said and explaining my heart, my side. That was a sidebar to the conversation. Um, yeah, Diga... Uh, Diga were all set for next year. They had arranged, uh, I don't know if it was signed, but they were all set with the Conan brothers to run Lucas and Sasha in MX2. Um, everything was done there. So the team was set, the team was ready to go, but due to family circumstances, Justin, um, the Diga Procross team owner, has pulled the plug and there will be no Diga team next year, which, although it wasn't a factory team, it does leave a massive hole in the paddock because um, they were one of the prominent satellite teams, you could say. And also, we're just the biggest issue here is we've lost more of that middle ground. Um, we were struggling for teams between factory and the bottom, essentially. And now we've just lost another one of the middle teams, which means that there is, again, more of a difference between being a factory rider and not, which is a shame because you need the middle ground teams like Geben and Hitachi and Diga to um, give the riders who are, quite, who, are there, who are on their way but not quite there a realistic shot. Um, that'll be the biggest loss with Diga. Obviously, a lot of KTM support went into that. I don't know if that will go somewhere else because standing are heavily rumoured to not be with Austrian manufacturer next year. So by losing standing and Diga, that raises questions then about, well, what does KTM do with that? Um, and yeah, there's a, this is... This is going to... And then where do the Conan brothers go? This is going to be... This is going to have some uh, ramifications. Yeah, a few headaches for um, for quite a lot of people. Uh, riders in front, you know, this is... As far as I know, um, the Conan brothers do have a contract with KTM for next year. KTM as a whole, so yep. Husqvarna Gas Gas included. Um, there is a chance they will be in MX2 GP suit as well. Uh, sorry, I am ill. I'm struggling to get my thoughts out. There is a chance they will be... Um, there was a chance that they will still be in MX2 as supposed to plan with Diga, but there was also a chance that they will go to America earlier than planned. So really, at this stage, there are many potential options, but nothing is quite clear. Well, let's just hope it gets sorted out quickly. And well, they, some, they... Either way, they're going to be fine because something will get sorted out, but at the moment, it's just very unclear what direction they'll go in. Um, yeah, the only thing another... I will say is that the Diga announcement now, we're right at the start of September. It's a good time to to make people aware of if there is issues or whatever, then or something's not going to happen. Now is a good time. So there's plenty of time left to, um, you know, we've got six months until the season kicks off. Yeah, cause I, yeah bloody hell. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually... I, I love that. I love that. Oh. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was actually going to correct you then because I thought you were wrong and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and your world starts <laughs> tumbling down. You know, all year I've been wishing that people would stop shouting at me, but now that I've realised that I'm not going to get shouted at for six months, I'm starting to think that maybe I'd quite like to be shouted at again. I think this year has been weird compared to, to, to others because it has, like the fact that we've got six months on, six months off is is crazy. Because well, like, it's a lot. It's a lot to do because obviously COVID changed our perception. Like because we got used to having a shorter off season. Like I was, I worked it out. Well, I, I, I think I speak for everyone: riders, mechanics, me, media, everyone. 
everyone who's done the full season, not including you, sorry, James. Yeah, thanks. You're not, you're not in this club. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone's very burnt out and very over it at this oh, point. Oh, absolutely. Like, and I talk, I'm talking everyone. And I think the reason for that is quite obvious. Everyone forgets that we actually had a crazy, crazy short off season. Um, like everyone had a max of like two weeks off. Um like and I think we all forget that. And like I think people jump for I think people jump to conclusions when they hear people saying, oh, they're burnt out, they're sad, they're over it or whatever. But like technically, we really had a 36 round championship, including 2021, which was intense and there was a lot going on there. So that was an emotional roller coaster. No one, again, media, mechanics, riders, teams, really had a chance to even recover from that and then just rolled straight into this year, which has been another um taxing year because people have got we've had we've gotten used to doing overseas again which when you don't do it for three years it does feel like a bit of a like a a bit of a what you say it's just tough to get used to again it breaks your routine so suddenly then going overseas is like core i forgot how hard this is and also like obviously last year and the year before we weren't traveling so much to different countries we were staying in italy or whatever so going back to a year this year where we've gone to a different country every week every weekend has i think made everyone go core yeah i forgot how hard this is um, so I think you see a lot of negativity and you hear a lot of negativity at the moment, but I think everyone on the outside, yourself included, James, should not read into that too much and just kind of take it with a grain of salt because everyone just needs time to bloody recover for a month or whatever. Like I think everyone is planning to have longer holidays this year and longer time off because I think everyone's kind of set up now. Won't, won't, like every conversation I had with someone in Turkey was about how cool. Yeah. Fuck it. It's almost over. Like, Whereas normally it's a complete opposite type of conversation. Yeah, and and the the season this year has definitely took its toll on people. You've got Jordi who works for for Steve Dixon. He's he's been there for like forever, and um, you know he's moving on at the end of this year. You know, you, you, and actually he was quite lucky. Um, I mean, a bombshell is a fireball, um, fireball of the week because I didn't know if you you knew, but basically he caught fire in the um, jet wash bay. Believe it or not. Not many people can say that, but um, he he's kind of leaving. And you've got Rene Albert as well, who has been there or thereabouts, chief mechanic at CLS Factory, 24 years. I think he's been in the MXGP paddock and he's taken a step back just to have a bit of a rest. I think it's brutal this year. This like year you, has like broke I know, a few people. Like I know there's been a few times this year where you've not really understood why we've been so like tired. Oh, no, no, not at all. Stuff. Uh, 300 euros, MX2 entry fee. Ah, boom. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you said it. Um, no, going back to that, you, you know, I, 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 sometimes you take it for granted when you're when you're not there, and it's it's, it's only when you get there uh, and you see everybody and in, and in, in how hard people work, and you know, it looks like you know all fun and games on on the outside and in and everything else, but it is a bloody hard year. And on that on that note, if there are a few people out there who are interested in becoming mechanics in the MXGP arena. Um, it's a great way of seeing the world. Um, it's tough. It's, it's, a, it's a hard job, but it's, it's, a, it's a fun, rewarding job as well. So if you like that sort of thing, there are some very, very good opportunities available this year for some of the best MXGP teams. So um, if you are interested and you want some more information, then we can pass your information on to um, some of the teams that we know are looking for um mechanics next year yeah so the, the problem with the problem with mechanics is there's not enough um experienced mechanics obviously you're an mxgp team you're a factory team in in some cases you want an experienced mechanic but a lot of those are moving on so oh, there's some deep deep holes to fill 
Um, There's a lot of good people moving on. But equally, a little behind-the-scenes gossip, um, because there's now limited good mechanics, good experience mechanics, the price of those mechanics, and I've had this told to me by a few teams, some mechanics are now asking for a higher salary than what they pay their riders because they know that it's a mechanics market. And, they, and the teams have said to me, like, that's in, we can't pay the mechanic more than we pay a rider. That's insanity. But equally, our hands are tied. What do we do? There aren't, there isn't a good supply of mechanics in the pits. If yeah. you're American, if you're American and you actually have experience doing the AMA Supercross and AMA Motocross series as a mechanic and you fancy change of pace, this actually would be a good chance, time to like start contacting some factory teams because I would imagine you would be snapped up in a second if you expressed interest. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because there's no one else with experience in Europe. Like that's doing a the American scene is the only thing that's comparable as far as like experience and all of that sort of stuff, pressure and all that sort of stuff, travel, um, all that sort of stuff. I, I think I possibly heard about, I would say 15 to 20 different openings. And I it's, think that's um, being, um, you know, that's being cautious. I got told 15. I got told there's 15 in the moment. Okay. But obviously Diga going away will help that because those mechanics will find a home. Absolutely. Yeah. But equally, also, actually, this is what I wanted to say about Diga. I just, I, I'm not sure I can handle the fans. Some fans. Just, In what way? Tell me. Well, I saw, I saw a comment on the Diga post that I put on MX Vice this morning. I think I might have seen that one. It was like Diga closed down. So that's Inference fault. No, not that. Oh, not, not that, that one. Okay, that that made me lucky, chuckle. Lucky, uh, lucky escape for number four two six, or maybe he knew the plans. <laughs> Like, like how, like, how delusional do you have to be? And I will say this, because this will sound like I'm knocking on Comrade, but I will say this, actually. I was talking to someone, not, at, not directly involved with Diga, who was with... Con actually, and this was a story I told you I was going to tell you at the weekend, but you never reminded me. Okay. Who was with Conrad the first day he rode the Diga 450. Yeah. And he said that he was absolutely blown away and presumed that this was... He said, like immediately i was thinking oh my god he's gonna go in and be top five in mxgp like this is incredible really what a diamond in the rough and then said like everyone else got to the gps and was like what? like this doesn't where's, make sense where's that guy gone um comrade was no longer with diga because he didn't score points and he was on last year's factory bike and obviously they were frustrated because they saw the speed in the week and at the beginning and stuff comrade didn't leave diga because he saw the writing on the wall like <laughs> fuck me honestly it just makes me want to shut every i've got two laptops open in front of me makes me want to shut them both and go and throw myself in front of a bus because how our like what how, how are we meant to communicate with these people <laughs> I'm working on a story about entries and that, and then there's comments like this going around. I need to write. I need to write like a children's book, don't I? On like, <laughs> and then the big orange door closed to the Digo warning. Oh no! Everyone said like, well, I, can... I don't know what. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to communicate with these people. I I don't think you can. Like, I don't know how. I don't know what to say. Like, what do like? What, should I try and reply? Should I try and educate? But maybe then how do you educate without shitting on people? Like me, who's had COVID for like three months and no, that is the type of thing you would say. That is the type of thing you would say as well. So you're one of them. You're Fuck like off. Fuck off. Yeah, like, uh, like maybe maybe he knew the plans. Like, no, what? 
he was he only ever had a fill-in deal we didn't he never had a contract for 2023 and as far as i know that was never really discussed so it didn't really doesn't really affect anything like what what like literally like i'm 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 lost for words i'm flabbergasted is what i am it doesn't take a lot though like what like what Maybe, like, honestly, I have no words other than how. Like, maybe we need to dumb this podcast down. Maybe. Maybe we do. Well, maybe. Well, you're perfect for that, so that's good. Brilliant. Thanks. Um, I've lost my train of thought, but I did want to touch on that comment. Um, and also, someone said there might be 10 riders on the line next year. One team's gone away. Like, like and, and the two riders that were going to be on the team are going to be looked after. So, again... Education, people. It's not hard. Let's let's take some facts before we go running around saying things. Let's look at the facts of the situation. <sighs> anyway, where were we? Uh, I don't know. I lost you um, after you basically said I was their leader. Well, that would make go. Yeah, well, that make that says it all. The fact that you lost what I was saying says that I need to dumb it down for you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better thanks to the guys at Planet Motor Holidays. There are still packages available for the 2022-2023 wintertime. Uh, planetmotor.co, Planet Motor Holidays on uh, social media to get in touch about those and figure out what your plans are for the upcoming wintertime. Uh, you will definitely ride the best tracks in Europe and you will definitely catch a glimpse of some MXGP riders. So win-win. And the big... The big oh, sorry. Like I say, ill. Um, biggest win of it all is they will take your own bike to Spain. So you won't be riding a higher bike or something foreign. They will pick up and deliver your own bike. What a day. What an experience. Planet Motor Holidays. Um, I, just, I just, I can't get over those two Facebook comments. Uh, yeah. Oh, it- so, uh, someone's replied to that comment saying his deal's already sorted. Like, uh, like egging on that he knew the plans. Oh, just. it's okay brief brief someone said where it's just going to turn into f1 with factory teams only well diga had factory equipment so technically diga was it wasn't a factory team per se but it had factory equipment so it kind of falls under it's kind of like a red bull alpha tari situation look at me f1 do you want to talk no no i'm good should we go back to the queen uh, no, I don't think you need to make any more comments about the Queen because I'm just worried right. about where that's going to take us. All I can say... Actually, no, I won't say anything. No, just don't say anything. Just, <laughs> just, please move on and finish the show. That'd be great. I was just going to say that no. she would be ashamed reading that comment. Um, right, do you want to end then? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, the final part of the MX5 show is brought to you by Prox Racing Parts who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything the Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix D Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Um... Sorry about the delay in this podcast. My fault this time. Um, I got ill after Turkey. Not sure why. Um, life's a bitch. Um, 
So yeah, sorry about the delay. Sorry, I feel like I've really struggled to get my thoughts out. Sorry about that as well. Uh, we will be back next week, though, with episode 109. I'm Lewis Phillips, your host. That's James Burfield. From us both, we will see you next week. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAC continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAC bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAC has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.